Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we are in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14 reads, It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. For you will always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could, and she has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money, and he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he went to two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city, and found it just as he had told them. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful, and to say to him, one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, and saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, 
one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs, from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and yet in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is this that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and cover his face and strike him, saying, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. All right. And today, sharing the nugget of truth, we have back with us Kyle Heiser. And Kyle is one of our student ministry leaders. And we're excited to see how he shares God's truth that has stuck out to him today from here in Mark chapter 14. Let me paint the picture here. We have the 12 disciples, and they are at the table. They were having the Lord's Supper. And at this point, Judas has already gone into a contract. He's already got the money, and he's ready to betray Jesus. So that's the picture we're at right now. Jesus takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, and they go and they pray. Jesus takes three of them to go and pray separately. We see what happens is that Jesus, he is the perfect example of humanity, and yet he goes and he prays because he is troubled. Like, that is such an example that if he has to pray, then we all need to be praying. We all need to be working in obedience. And we see here that he goes and he tells them, verse 32, he says, sit here while I pray. And he's saying to keep watch. That is to prepare for the temptation, not for when you are in temptation, but for when the temptation will come, because it will come. And how do you prepare for that? So he's warning them, hey, be alert. Be ready. The devil is knocking at the door constantly, to every minute. And yet, he goes and he prays and he comes back and yet they're sleeping. What, he goes, warns them, he goes back again, he comes back 
and he does that a third time. And on the third time, he calls out Simon, but yet they're, they're all sleeping. But Simon was the one that was saying how he would, he would stand by his side, he would never deny him. Um, and so he calls him out, why are you asleep? Could you not watch one, for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So you have the first example here of they made a choice. They they were told what was going to happen. They they have stay stay alert or kind of fall off. I'm tired. It's it's late. It's been a long day. We have a second choice, which is Judas. Now Judas, like I said, he's already been into contract. He is on his way to go and betray Jesus. Every single step that he's taken, he could have made a choice. I can stand for Christ right now. I can turn. I can lead him away. I can lead him to somewhere else. There's still time. He saw what, what happened, all the miracles that happened with Christ, and yet he still was overcome by his idol, this worship of money, selfish money. That we see all the way up to where immediately after Jesus is talking to them after the third time of waking them up, Jesus comes out. Nothing, you want to think anything wrong of it, but yet he goes and they attack them. And then we see the disciples actually get filled with fear of, hey, I'm going to die. I could die here. They have, there's a crowd of people. They have clubs. They have swords. I could die. And what do they do? Verse 50, and they all left him and fled. They fled in fear. Now we have Peter, you know, one of the disciples, and he specifically is going out and he's still trying to follow Jesus. He's still following him from a distance and he has already you know, been into temptation once in the garden, and now he is going again, and he, in the synagogue, is going to go and sit near where the trial is happening. Now, servant comes up to him, are you uh, one of the twelve? No, I don't know what you're talking about. He's denying. Ask him again. Crowd's starting to come, getting a little more attention. He's bringing attention to himself. Most likely the guards that actually took Jesus right there, all warming by the fire. And he asked him again, nothing. And then the third time, you're certainly one of them. You are a Galilean. In verse 71, and he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. He felt the guilt and the shame of making that choice and not being prepared for when the temptation would come. Um, it, it makes me think of, you know, Judas. So we have Judas, Jesus, and Simon, three different examples of how they had a fork in the road. Jesus, he could have he turned at any point. He could have turned away. He has the power to do that. And yet he goes and he is obeying out of love for us and have faith for the Father on what, what is going to happen in the future, he knows what's going to happen. He's trembling. He is afraid. And yet he is overcome by the love and the power that he knows that his father is ultimately in control. And so we need to be preparing for when that temptation does come, when that choice does come, because it will. That is for sure. It will come. It's how do we prepare? We read, we memorize scripture, we fill, us, fill our friend groups with godly examples we pray, 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 pray. And through that, we'll be encouraged and have more confidence when that temptation does come 
that we are prepared to fight it. That's so good, Kyle. I just love how you've centered our thought on these three individuals and the choices that they're making. What is it that is displayed by the choices that we make? I mean, obviously, all of us want to say, hey, we're following and we're the Jesus in this story. We're making the right choices. But at times, we're probably the Peters in here. We want to do the right thing. We've heard what God has said. Hey, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We end up like Peter wanting to do the right thing, but not knowing or inadvertently falling into the temptation that we're not prepared to overcome. And we end up falling into our own sin. Uh, and honestly, you know, sometimes we're the Judas here. We're willingly walking in adversity to God. Uh, and we obviously need to have that restoration, that repentance to come in and turn our lives around like Judas here in this time. So let's focus in here to the last little pericope here, 66 through 72, and Peter's denial because Man, we read this. It's in one chapter. It's not, uh, even for Mark, this is not a long temporal lapse between what's taking place in this chapter, but he's adamant that he is not going to deny Christ. Yet here he is, you know, later that evening, really, or early that next morning, doing exactly what he said he would not do. And so what is it that allows for him to have this denial that's so close. How do we understand the lack of preparation for Peter to do something that he specifically said he would not do? Yeah, uh, good question, Lee. Let's let's look at it. Well, we see Peter is, he denied him three times in verses um, 66 to 72. Um, and then before this, he is also being foretold that he is going to deny him and he can't believe it. He he's a lost. Um, but when you see in the Jesus is praying in Gethsemane, he's bringing them. When when he's talking about keeping watch, he's not talking about just keeping watch. It says keep watch and pray. He is going out personally to pray, but he's also challenging them: get right with God, prepare for what's coming. They have no idea what's coming. They just think, oh, we're going out to pray. This is like you know what usually happens. The devil will always get us when we were least expecting it. That's why we always need to be expecting it. That's one of the biggest challenges that Christians have nowadays is that we can get so comfortable in this life of, hey, I'm around the church, I'm going to youth group, I'm doing this, and kind of let our guard down. And that's where we can find that we are just like Peter here, where he's with Jesus and he feels comfortable and probably doesn't expect anything. You know, he's got all the other disciples around him. They all got um, different things to protect each other, and he didn't, doesn't think much about it. And yet, it's one of the 12 that actually betrays. That should just bring us to how we can always be preparing, but also how God's plan is always at work, and he will use every trial that he brings for his ultimate glory so that we can learn from that and ultimately just be more prepared for the next time because it will happen. We're not home yet. And until we get home with Christ in heaven, we will have trials. We will have those temptations every single day. That's great, Kyle. I mean, yeah, it goes back to just verse 38. Hey, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And his flesh was able to overcome the spirit because his spirit wasn't prepared for that moment. It's crazy if Jesus had said to him, hey, Peter, if you'll only pray in the garden, 
you'll actually be able to do what you want to do. But ultimately, Peter is, like you said, hey, he's got Jesus. He's got the disciples. Hey, we do this all the time. This is old hat. Walk into this. Okay, I'm going to get a little dozy here. We've just had a meal. It's dark. We need to rest. It's feast week, big times, all those things going on, lots of excuses he could say. But ultimately, his lack of preparation led to his denial. But not to spoil it here, because it actually doesn't really show up in this passage. But we're going to get to John 21. We're going to see a restoration of Peter that's a beautiful and glorious truth for us as believers about even though we continuously fall in our sin, that Christ is there to restore and allow us to have repentance to bring us back into right relationship. But all that for a future day. So as you read through here, Mark chapter 14, there's tons of different things that you can be focusing on, tons of different truths that you can be latching onto to give you hope as you go through today. Also, many questions that you might come up with. If you have one of those questions, look for that answer. Find a way that you can answer it, either through the tools that you're using to study God's Word or the people around you. Share what you're learning with others, and as you do that, know that you are loved. You're